So today we're talking about marriage and uh, focusing on love and submission. So that's my that's the title: marriage, love, and submission. Now, before I start, I think the good way to start is uh, I want to read the scripture. So we're talking about marriage, love, and submission. Okay, so we start with the scripture. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Conceit is self-pride. It's to think of yourself bigger, greater than you actually are. It's to see yourself, uh, you know, as self-sufficient. You understand? To be conceited is it's to have a fake estimate of who you are. That's what it is. So you see, it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Praise God. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Now, you know this scripture very well. And if we had read a little bit further, then you will be going into when he talked about, let this mind also be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. And then talked about Jesus and all of that. Now. What I want to establish first and foremost is this. I'm talking about a Christian marriage and we should know that we are Christian wives and husbands. We're talking about a Christian home. You know, the, the, the challenge sometimes when you want to counsel people is for me that I do quite a bit of counseling on marriage. You know, one of the things I want to establish first is whether they're Christians or not. Now, you can still cancel people who are not Christians. Do you know that? Because the principles of God work all the time. But you see, you need to understand the difference because um, there, there are demands or expectations that, you, that someone who is a Christian you know, is expected to have. They, they, and apart from that, there is a capacity that you have as a child of God. Glory to God. The grace of God. The enablement of the Holy Spirit. You see, so we're talking about a Christian marriage for today. But the principles are very, very generic. And the principles of God work all the time. So he says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. We are Christians. Whatever we are as husbands, as wives must be predicated upon our faith in Christ. Must be based on our faith in Christ. Must depend on our faith in Christ. This is very important. So, as Christians, we cannot put Christianity aside in our marriage. We can't say that, you know what, I can do whatever I want to do. Uh, you know, this is not about Christianity. No, it is about Christianity. You know why? Because our entire lives, your entire life is about Christianity. So, when it comes to your job, you can't put it aside. Amen. You're still a Christian. When it comes to your, to your even vocation, when it comes to even your Hobbies, whatever it is, you are still a Christian. So, we cannot put Christianity aside. So, we need to understand that. 
Then another thing I want us to understand before I continue is this. As Christians, it is expected of us by the scriptures that we are not selfish. That is not as husband or wife. As Christians, it is expected of us not to be selfish. That nothing is done through selfish ambition. What you are hoping to get for yourself, you know. Uh, it's, it's amazing and that's why we have introduced a lot of stuff into marriage like prenuptial agreement. Uh, you know what that is? You know, like prenuptial agreement is just before we get married, which happens a lot in Hollywood. It's just to say, you know what, what I have is mine. What you have is yours. Let's already divide our will before we get married so that in case we divorce, then there's not going to be a serious problem in the court. Do you understand? That's what it means. That's almost like settling your, now this is the way I say it. That's almost like settling your divorce before you get married. That's the way I say it. That very, now you can give it a different definition because if you want to marry someone and you already sit down to do a document, a legally binding document on how things are set and create boundaries in our belongings and our assets and all of that. Assets and things like that. Is that, do you understand? You see, because in Hollywood, people expect that they're going to divorce, so it's normal to do a prenuptial agreement. I remember I was in South Africa, and I was counseling with these people, and they seem to have a serious problem. And the pastor of the church says, Pastor Wellington, I think you need to talk to them. And I spoke for several hours. We're trying to find the problem. was, And the, the problem with me sometimes is that I don't generally find problem in people's marriage. I find problem with them. You see, they're different. <laughs> you see. So, after, after a long time, by the Spirit of God, you know, in counseling, it's, you, you need to have a bit of discernment, you know. So, I discerned that something was wrong, and then I asked them a direct question, and it said, did you have any prenuptial agreement? It's a long story, but I'll tell you what happened. What happened simply was the wife had forgotten about it, and she started behaving like a normal godly woman. I'm telling the truth. But the husband was conscious of it. So what happened was there are two businesses, construction firms. So these were not poor people before they got married. And whilst what happened was the woman had, she wasn't reckoning with it. So she was getting money in her own name for the family. And the husband was staying aside because the husband knew that if something were to happen, it was never going to affect him. It was a serious case, but what am I trying to say? Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. So, how many times do people get into marriage with selfish ambition? You're protective of yourself in case something goes wrong. Once you are in a marriage with a mindset that in case something goes wrong, I'm not angry with you, but I want to tell you there's something fundamentally wrong. Because that is no longer a genuine godly marriage. For the Bible says that the two shall become one. If there's need in your marriage to protect yourself, then there's a problem in that marriage. The Bible says, and both of them were naked. And the nakedness here talks about transparency, talks about openness, and they were not ashamed. There was no need for individual protection. 
You see, it's very important. So you see, so once you see things like that, it's already shown that something is wrong. And most times, you see, you can even tell from the beginning before you even get married that something is wrong. Because you already have the need to protect yourself from the person even before you say, I do. So you shouldn't say, I do. Because you're not doing. Because if you're genuinely doing, there's no need for personal protection. Now listen to this. Like I was saying last week, the word of God is superior to traditions and family experiences. If I want to teach you from my own father's experience, I will teach you something different. Because you know very well, many of us will know, that my father had eight wives plus. And so it was, it was necessary for my mother to protect herself. Uh, are you following me now? It was necessary. If not, I'm not going to be standing here today. I'm, I'm roast. I'm finished. Uh, that's it. Because, because my father was not particularly interested in the individual children. The mother had to. You see, so if I want to teach you that, I'm going to teach you something wrong. Because our experiences must submit to the word of God. And the fact that something was wrong last year doesn't mean we should teach that as being right. Are you following me? It's very important to understand that. So, we cannot get into marriage with selfish ambitions and conceit and trying to be protective of ourselves. It might be what our environment says. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. It might be what you've seen. If your mother had protected herself, you know how things would have turned well for her. Hello. You know, if your mother had not been too humble, if your mother had not been too gentle, if your mother, if she stood for herself, maybe her life would have been better. You're, maybe you're correct. Your correct doesn't mean it's godly. And your correct doesn't mean it's God. And your correct doesn't mean that's the plan of God. You know, we deal with facts and figures, and with facts and figures, you can always get the right result. But you see, it might not be God's result, because God's result is generally, and sometimes, not in the science of it. So you say you might have facts and figures, but it really doesn't make things right. The Bible doesn't want Christians not to even talk about husbands and wives to have selfish ambition. So the reason you want to be in the choir is so that we can see you. That's a failed ministry already before you started. You've already failed. That you feel. The reason you want to be an usher is so that people can know you came to church and people can see you smile. No, that's a failed ministry. You see, nothing should be done out of selfish ambition. People are going to push you to want to be like that, but you cannot afford to be like that because it's against the word of God. People are going to celebrate you when you show up, when you try to impress them, when you do all of that. So as Christians, because I want to establish that as Christians. Praise God. So now establishing that, and you are seeing that we're talking as Christians, and that men, uh, in this case, there's no male, no female, then we can move on. Now, before I move on, I want to say one more thing. I told us last week, and I want to re repeat right now, that the word of God is not in favor of feminism or male chauvinism. God is not in support of 
that one or the other. No. The word of God is balanced. And the word of God respects male and female equally. But then the word of God also is perfect. And so God gives us guidelines so that we can have a peaceful life. You see, instructions and guidelines, they are to make our lives better. Why is it that we have all these updates with COVID-19 and so on? Do these, don't do that. It's to save lives. It's to make somebody's life better. It's to keep you and I alive. So the instructions are there for our own advantage. The same thing with the word of God. God's guideline, nothing can give you a better life than the word of God. Nothing. No suggestion, no prescription, no advice anywhere, no principle. You see, I was saying something the other day. Listen to this. I like principles, you know. I like leadership training. I like principles. I like all of those things. But let me tell you the truth. After all said and done, every principle, no matter what the principle is, if it's not in agreement with God's word, it's fake. So, now that we have established that, for the next 10 minutes or thereabout, let me say a few things about women. You know, if I started with that, some women are going to be angry with me. But now you can't be angry because I've already established a few things. So your anger has been demolished. Ephesians chapter 5, 22 to 23. I wish I'm not the one saying this. I wish, you see, this is just what God's word. It's, 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 I just have to say. Wives. I've told you I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to you to talk to somebody else. Listen carefully to this. I want to make this statement. If we resolve the issue of self. Every marriage will work. And I want to say it again. It's an absolute statement. I say it without any reservation whatsoever. If we can resolve the issue of self, every marriage will work. The problem sometimes is you might think you're selfless, but it's not only about you because your selflessness might not make it work until the other parties also selfless but your own selflessness can initiate and start something that would help the other person am i talking to somebody so it's all about self it's all about protecting ourselves it's all about achieving the things we want to achieve it's all about the other person not shifting the red lines that's the problem we're having now with our trade discussions with europe we have our own red lines europe have their own red lines Boris, or let's say Michael Gove, or whoever, they want to shift. England is not ready to shift. Europe is not ready to shift. And then Europe is saying, we're going to go to international court of law. And England says, if you like, go to any court you like, we're still not going to move. <laughs> you see, that's not what happens in marriage. Go anywhere. I'm not moving. You want to go to court? Bye-bye, go. That's what England is telling Europe now. We're not moving. If you want to go to court, just go. 
we're just not going to move because this is better for us in England. Now, I'm just using that to explain something to you. Can you see self? You see, self. Wives, let's come back to this now. Submit to your own husbands. And somebody says, therefore, God doesn't want you to submit to another person's husband. In some context, that's correct. But if you understand that the Bible says in verse 21 of that, I'm not reading that. In verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5, when he was talking to Christians, he says, submitting yourself one to another. In other words, everybody submits. But now, specifically dealing with the issue of marriage, because you see, the Bible teaches us doctrines and, you know, for us to know, and it teaches us also life applications. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ. Now, if you can take this out of your Bible, maybe it would be nice, but you couldn't. And if you're taking it out of yours, it's still in mine. Let wives be to their own husbands in everything, in all things. Oh. This scripture is hard. If you agree with me, do like that. I want sincere people here. It should be hard. Except you want to be a pretender. It should be hard. But it's not very hard if you depend on the grace and the spirit of God. But it's hard. But that's the word of God. You see, one of the reasons why so many families are without peace is because they've thrown away the word of peace. Which is the word of God. That's why there's chaos. That's why people are fighting over stuff. Don't worry, I'm going to get out of that quickly. I'm talking about men. Before you think I'm a feminist or or I'm a chauvinist. No. See, see, we need to understand this. Why submit your own husband to the Lord? What does it mean? Let me just break it down a little bit. The Bible teaches as a service to the Lord. That's very important. That's very important. The Bible didn't say we should submit to our husband because they're the best. The Bible didn't say submit to your own husband because you know you have to do it. If you don't do it, you're gonna to go to hellfire. No, the Bible didn't say all of that. Don't 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 push it. The Bible is saying do it as unto the Lord. The meaning is it's a service to the Lord. So when you do what God says, whether to man, to anyone, to anywhere, is a service to the Lord. So God is saying, you're going to submit to your husband as a wife, as a service to the Lord. So lack of submission to your husband is not a primary offense against your husband. And that's where most men get it wrong. And I'm going to get to that. It's not a primary offense against your husband. It's against God. And that's why the Bible says, as the church, as Christ is the head of the church and is the service, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands. So, lack of submission to husbands, it's against the word of God. It's against the word of God. Now, listen to this. You can explain whatever anybody wants to explain. We can say whatever we like to say. We can say this is modernization, civilization, and all of that. All of those things have just landed us in chaos. Because the word of God has been tested. The word of God is proven for decades, for centuries. And it will remain the same. Like I said last week, God is not going to bend around the corner to shift to our own position. He is God all by himself. And it's not going to 
rewrite the scriptures. This is what we've got because it is perfect. It's hard. But the question you want to ask yourself, do you want God's result? Do you want God's peace? Do you want what God can give? For, the, for, for, for this, it's very important. Okay. So, let's, let's go on. Why submitting to your own husband is not an issue for debate. It requires, this is why it's hard, obedience from a humble heart. That's all it is. It's not something we start debating about. You know, it's, <laughs> and I'm going to get to that. that. That's why it's even funny when a man begins to fight that their wife should submit to them. Even that is funny. Because it's not about you as a man. No, it's unto the Lord. It's unto the Lord. So you shouldn't be unduly excited about it. You shouldn't be seeking it and wanting it and proving a point and flexing your muscles. No, we're not talking about you. It's unto the Lord. So, as a woman, you do not wait for your husband to be what you want him to be before you do what God wants. I'm going to be a bit fast today because I want to do both female and male before the end of the service so that you don't go with one lopsided message. If not, I would have done this over two Sundays, but I'm not going to do that. I wish it together. Submission doesn't mean there won't be disagreements. The only time, you know, I like this statement. Just listen carefully. There are two things you need in your marriage for you not to have conflicts. Number one, you need someone who doesn't have brain at all. Someone who cannot think, who is empty-headed, is an idiot, is an imbecile. He can't think. No brain. Once you have somebody like that in a marriage, that won't be a problem. But I know you are not like that. Are you like that? The other person you need in a marriage so that there won't be any problem is a tyrant. A, a satanic, devilish tyrant that if you say anything he doesn't like, you are dead. You know, you would say what the guy likes. Fantastic. So, once you have those two things in a marriage, there's not going to be conflict. Are you that person? No, seeing that you are not that person, I put to you, therefore, that there will always be conflict in your marriage. But listen to this. This is not what we're talking about today. But there are degrees of conflicts. But at least the littlest one, like... I want to, I want pasta. No, I don't want pasta. I want rice. That's a conflict of opinion. You see, and as long as you are still you, there's nothing wrong in wanting rice, even when your partner wants pasta. Is that wrong? There's nothing wrong. We're not the same. So you see, so things like, we're not the same. So you are going to have things like that. So, but then you can take it to more difficult stuff. But the point is this, it is expedient for us to know that there would be disagreements. And that doesn't change things. So don't say God, you know, God thinks, you know, wait. No, 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 no. There will be disagreements. Now, let's move on quickly. Submission is often tested in the face of contradictory opinions. So now that there is conflict, how do we know you're submitting? That's when we know. submission is tested in the face of contrary opinions, in the face of contradictory opinions. It's when what you want is different. That's when it's tested. Not when there's agreement. 
Because anybody will submit to their husband's opinion if you say you want a thousand pounds and he decides, no, that's too small. I will give you five. Who wouldn't submit to that kind of opinion? <laughs> I will. I don't know about you, but I will. Amen. If you request something from your husband and then your husband says, oh, that's too small. Why do you want 500? Let's make it times five. Anybody will reject? No, please don't reject. That's not good. So accept. So you see, but submission is tested in the face of contradictory opinions. Mm. You see where humility steps in. When you need to prove your point, that's when we test whether you submit or not. We cannot define our own parameters for submission. So you can't say, when my husband behaves like this, then I will behave like that. No, the Bible didn't say that. Oh, I know some of you are not happy because this is too hard. But you see, I just can't help it. I've told you, if I need to be crucified for anything, it'll be for the truth. You cannot define your own parameters for submission. No. Because God didn't give us any parameter for it, except that you do it as unto the Lord. So, just one. One parameter. That's all it is. Do it as unto the Lord. In other words, is wicked, do it unto the Lord. Now, now, do it unto the Lord. So, what does that mean? We must be willing to give up our own personal interests and opinions for the Lord. Can you see? And when we give it for the Lord, then we do what God wants us to do. This is how we get peace. Wives, likewise, First Peter 3, 1 to 6. But I'm reading from 3. Wives, likewise. You know why I'm saying likewise? Because we're going to read the guys one later. Be submissive to your own husband. Now, to tell you that there is no parameter God gives, God now moves to the most difficult thing that could happen. And God says, even at that, submit. So, God now says that even if some do not obey the word, uh, the Bible says, even if some do not obey the word, no, this is hard. Even if the guy doesn't obey the word, the Bible says they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. One of the wrongest thing you can do as a woman is to think you can talk your husband to believe what is right. Without a word. When Sarah told Abraham, I want you to get rid of Ishmael and the mother, Eger and the mother. Abraham didn't listen. Until God intervened. The Bible says, if they even do not believe the word, without a word may be won by what? By the conduct of their wives. When they observe your holy conduct accompanied by fear. That you are afraid of your husband. No. That you are, that you have the fear of God. You need to listen to this message over and over again. If you don't need it, teach it to somebody else. Be submissive to your own husband, even if they do not obey the word. Without a word, they may be won by your conduct as they observe your chaste conduct, holy conduct, righteous conduct, accompanied by fear of God. 
And then he goes on to say that, you know, it's your character that matters. Let it be the eating person of the earth with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Submission is not a sign of weakness. It doesn't make you weak and it doesn't make you less. That's a lie of the devil. You submit at work to your boss. Does that make you less? If your pastor asks you to do something and you do it, does that make you less? There's no pastor that is superior to any member of the congregation. Full stop. It's not possible. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The same blood that saved you saved me. I am in no way in any form superior to anybody in church. But my role is different. So the same thing you go in your office, your manager's role or your MD's role is different. The opportunities are different. But in essence, they're not superior to you. I was reading one journalist, you know, you know, I've forgotten his name. That he said his mom has taught him that all humans are the same. Even if this guy made the royals, he doesn't bow. I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but that's exactly what Mordecai did. They're not going to kill him because of that. What has he done fundamentally wrong against the law? We're all the same. So submission is not a sign of weakness. Submission is not a sign of inferiority. Don't feel inferior because of something. No, 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 no. You know, it, it's like saying sorry. I always tell people this. Listen to this. Weak people don't say sorry. Strong people say sorry. Because it takes greater strength to say sorry. It's someone who is strong. People who believe in themselves. People that if you understand that sorry doesn't take anything away from you, you will say it with ease. If you need to keep it to protect your personality, you're weak. So, I don't, I'm not angry when people don't like to say sorry. I just know they're still growing. You're a babe. You're a babe. It's not a big deal. Praise God. So, submission is not a sign of stupidity or foolishness. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. When wives submit to their owners, man, it is a beautiful thing in the sight of God. It is a service to God and God rewards. Let's move on. Husbands. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, women, if you think submission is difficult, I think this is one is more difficult. In other words, men, you see, the Bible says women, now let's just, and I know it's funny. The Bible just says women submit, but you still have your life in court. But husbands don't submit. That's too small. Die. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, husbands, we don't need you to submit. No, 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 no. That's too small. The bigger person does what is the worst. Mm. So if you really think you're big, let's prove it. Die. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. And he died. So the Bible says, husbands, before you get unduly arrogant because your wife is submitting to you, you have a greater sacrifice. 
As the head of the house, it rises and falls on you. So, as the head of the family, it rises and falls on you. You are going to determine everything that is going to happen here. And the way you're going to do that is you need to die. He says, so husband love your wife, just Christ love the church and gave himself for her. Full stop. Even if we don't read every other thing, we don't even have to read them, but I, I, I'll try. Yo, what God is saying is husband dead. Now, where is the room for that chauvinist attitude? Where is the room of that your shoulder to your raising? I am the man of this house. The Bible says you're dead. Oh, you know when I'm stuck in here, everybody needs to run around and hide under the table. No, we're not hiding. You're dead. You do, you're, you're not here. You're dead. The Bible says, as Christ, it says the husband, as he gave himself, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the worship of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Let me tell you something. If you are a smart man, you will be careful how you talk about your wife. Because whatever is wrong about her is an explanation of your weakness. Mm. The Bible says that he might present her to himself a glorious church. But who does the work of, to present the person? The husband. So who does the work to prepare you as a Christian? Jesus. What can you do of yourself but by the grace of God? Uh, I can talk about this for men. Don't worry, we'll talk about it in a men's meeting. Listen, this is deep. You are the one walking. You are the one sacrificing. You're dead. And I'm telling you the truth. Women, please submit to your husbands because that's simple. You know, we said it was hard at the beginning of the message. Now you know it's simple. It's the easiest part. That he might die. So, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. When you love your wife, don't brag about it. If you don't love your wife, you don't love you. It's scriptures. You know, I like when we just take it. You know, I told you last Sunday. You see, the problem I have with some of us preachers is that we have too many stories to talk about. And we live the word and people's faith is built on our own personal experiences and testimonies. Those things might be good to an extent. But I want your faith to be built on the word of God. Because if I was saying this to you, I probably wouldn't even say it like that because it's too deep. But the Bible says, just as Christ loved the church, let the husband love the wife and die. The love in verse 25 is the word, is the word, is agape. And you know the different loves. There are four types of loves. You should know them by now. Majorly in the Greek, you have the agape, which is God's love, unconditional love. You have the filio, the friendship love. You have the stogie, which is family love. And you have the eros, which is sexual love. Those are the four loves. But the ones that are here is the agape love of God. In other words, no excuses. Agape is unconditional love. It's the love, God kinds of love. It's the one that loves us while we were yet sinners and Christ came and died for us. God says that's the love. That's the exact love that is written in that scripture. If the Bible wanted to say you must be pleased with your wife, it would have used the word filio. But didn't use the word filio, it used the word agape. 
to tell you that there are no conditions attached. In the same way that the woman had no other parameter but her son to the Lord, in this one there is no other parameter except to do it. No excuses. The Bible is not saying that our wives will be lovable at all times. You know, sometimes you, oh my God. And I'll tell you one story. One man went to the pastor and said, you know, pastor, I'm true. This marriage, I'm tired. I need to get out of this marriage. And, the, and, the, and then the, the pastor, you know, some people, they don't, sometimes pastors do, maybe sometimes we don't know what to say, you know, <laughs> because we're human. And so the pastor said to the person, he said, oh, you're playing with hellfire. No, no. Getting a, out of your marriage and hellfire, they're not the same. That's a wrong teaching, but that's by the way. So, so he says, you're playing with hellfire. And then the man laughed. <laughs> Look at the pastor and he laughed. <laughs> he said, pastor, I fire, this marriage is already a fire. <laughs> I'll get out of this. I don't mind getting into another one. <laughs> In other words, some people think that their marriage is worse than a fire. You cannot tell them they're wrong because you are not in that marriage. So be careful what you tell people. But the problem is no excuses. Still no excuses. Christ is our perfect example. He died for us while we're yet sinners. In loving our wives, we should know that we're doing it as Christ loves the church. I think it is hard. Men, ask yourself this question. Do you love your wife as Christ loves you? I think that would answer a lot of things. Before I get too angry and get too excited and get too need to prove a point, I need to think about that. Single people, listen. Watch it. We should focus on obeying the word of God and not on the weaknesses and the failures of our spouses. That's for all of us. Genuine love does not exist without submission, men and women. Genuine love does not exist without submission, humility, and sacrifice. Our example is Christ. Men, are we listening? The Bible says, Jesus expressed the love that he has for us by submitting completely to the word and the plan of God. Do you now see that even that which women do, men have to do it? Because how can you die except you submit to death? For the Bible said Jesus was led like a slaughter, like a lamb to the slaughter, and he did not open his mouth. You cannot even love like Jesus if you don't submit. So I prove to you, therefore, that it's not only wife that needs to submit to their own husbands, but husbands need to submit to their own wives as unto the Lord. Case proved. Number two, if you don't humble yourself and make yourself of no reputation, you cannot die. In Revelation chapter 5, the Bible says that John said, Behold, I sir, you know, the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book and break the seal thereof. And you know what he said? He said, Then I looked and I saw the Lamb of God that was slain. Because Jesus Christ had to make himself of no reputation and transfer from being the lion of the tribe of Judah into the Lamb of God. Revelation chapter 5. And that's the only way. Because nobody is going to lead a lion to the slaughter. Can you try it? No, you don't lead a lion to the slaughter. You lead a goat. You lead a sheep. You lead a lamb. And if as, as a man, you want to remain a lion, God can walk with you. And if God can walk with you, your marriage is not going to be walked. Huh. By sacrificing. Genuine love of, of husbands. I want to give you assignment. Men, listen to this. Don't pretend you're not listening to me right now. <laughs> 
We must learn to submit completely to the word of God, humble ourselves, make ourselves of no reputation, and sacrifice like Jesus. Greater love has no man than this, John 15, 13, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. The Bible says, therefore be imitators of God as their children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us, and given himself for us, and offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling aroma. Marriage, listen to this man, I want to tell you something that will excite you. Marriage provides us with the opportunity to behave like the father. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what I like most about being a man, I've just told you. It gives me an opportunity to behave like God. I can love the unlovable. Praise God. I can love what shouldn't be loved. And, and, and I try to do it in my entire life. You know, try something that everybody hates. I love, if I love, I love. It doesn't matter what the person does. And you, you can ask my wife, you know, I say, today, sometimes I'm talking and say, and I really love the person. I do not want this to happen to the person. And my wife just laughs that, who do you not love? You see, you see, and it just gives me this kind of feeling that I can just be like God. Do you not want to be like God? You see, love, marriage provides us the opportunity to behave like the father. So I'm the one, if I need to condescend, I will condescend. If I need to find a solution, I'll find a solution. Because if God didn't find a solution, you won't be here. No, you won't. I won't. We won't be here. So marriage provides you as a man the opportunity to behave like God. I really like that. And God has given us the capacity to love. God doesn't ask you to do something that he has not empowered you to do. If God says you can't, then you can't. And one of the greatest manifestations of sonship is the ability to express the love of God. One of the, listen to this. One of the greatest you know, manifestations of sonship is not miracles and signs. No, it's not. Is the capacity to love like God. The most difficult thing in the personality of God for us to copy is his love. But thank God, the Bible said, the love of Christ has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so you can love. Praise God. Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding, honoring the wife. The husband is the leader, yet he must submit in humility not just to his wives but to the good of the marriage let me tell you something that is very profound when you ask people what commitments do you need for marriage people say two things one you need to be committed to your spouse and you need to be committed to God that's not true I will explain if you're committed to your spouse the day your spouse messes up you're going to walk out if you're committed to God, you can still leave your marriage and still be committed to God. True or false? Of course, yes. So commitment to God sometimes uh, is not sufficient for some people because you have to be broken. You have to be submitted to the principles of God for that specific thing. Oh, do you get that? So you have to therefore be submissive to God in that area of marriage. So you must be submissive to the institution of marriage. It's when you now are committed to the institution of marriage that's what stops people from divorce. Think about it and process it properly. Once you lose commitment to the institution of marriage, you would have sufficient explanation to do whatever you like to do. God wants us to value, cherish, respect, regard, honor our wives. This is a beautiful and a godly thing to do. Hallelujah. Finally, 
my brethren. Is it too fast? Yes, I know, but it's fine. I know you know quite a lot of stuff, so yeah. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. The greatest need let me tell you the wisdom of God. Ah, yeah, yeah. The wisdom of God. I've been a pastor for over two decades. For maybe like 25 years or thereabout. Now listen, don't say why is he saying thereabout. I'm not a date person. So it's, and it's not a crime. We're all different. Nevertheless, now listen to this. This is the wisdom of God. The greatest need of a man, I can tell you with my years of counseling, is respect. And that's why God says in conclusion of all of those things, one phrase, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And the greatest need of a woman with all my years of counseling is love. Of course, in different forms and variations. And that's why God says, nevertheless, let the man love the wife. God is a wise God. I think that statement is an insult on God, but I don't know how to say it. You see, God is wisdom. God knows what will bring peace. And in many years of counseling, I've heard this over and over again. I can guarantee you, I was talking to someone and I told the person, listen to this. Most marital problem, I can guarantee you from my counseling of people, I tell you nine out of ten men would tell you my wife does not respect me. Minimum. Minimum nine out of ten. And also nine out of ten women will tell you that he doesn't love me. He loves his car, but not me. He loves his dog, but not me. He loves his job, but not me. In fact, the one that causes trouble a lot, he loves the children, but not me. I pray that beyond and above everything that is said, that God will speak to your heart. We need to overcome self. Put on the cloak of humility and be committed to obeying the word of God. Everything I've said, I can say it for two days, one month, three months, principles of a happy marriage, ten steps to a happy home, (laughs) 150 things you should know. They sound nice. And they sell books. But don't let people use your experience to sell books. The word of God is simple. Obey it. Every principle. Sometimes, I have friends who are angry with me when I preach something like this. You know why? Because they do things like principles of a happy marriage. They have schools. They have training. They have a lot of things on those things. And I thank God for the calling of God upon their life. But they can't change the scripture. If you follow God's word, you will get results. Full stop. And that's my challenge for you today. Marriage is not a competition. We should not wait for our spouse to obey God before we obey God. When you do yours, I'm going to do mine. No. It's a personal work with God. Do what God is asking you to do and leave your spouse to do what God wants them to do. If your wife goes says submit, do it first. 
And don't wait for him. As we're ready to pay the price. Let's close our eyes.